0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Friday, 1 p.m., Eastern, um, recording on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, this is breaking into cybersecurity where we share the stories of individuals who have broken into the cybersecurity space, uh, within the last five years. And they're sharing their stories to you. Uh, each guest shares their unique individual story. So if you're interested in following in their footsteps, Um, You could pick up tips and tricks for them. Uh, Generally, you could pick up tips and tricks from everyone, but it kind of gives you a unique idea as to how different individuals have broken into cybersecurity. Today, we have Jeff Lynch, who went from a production technician to a cybersecurity cloud engineer. Um, And when you think production, we're thinking like manufacturing production. Um, but I'll let uh Jeff talk a little bit more about that and get into his background. Jeff.
1: Yes. Uh it's great to be here, Chris. Um, yeah, so I started, I worked at a biomedical production facility making treadmills for uh biomedical research, um, helping to measure gait and help uh, prosthetic legs. Like how they get the uh, the force correct. Um, but I worked there for about six years mm-hmm. and uh, while I was there I worked on getting my degree in uh, cybersecurity. Um, but to my left there I had my associate's degree from uh, from the state to uh, focused in cyber- network security, minoring in cybersecurity. And uh, I was halfway through my bachelor's in IT.
2: Wow. Uh, so uh did, did a little bit of continuous education along the way. I love that. Um, just welcoming some of the guests that we have. Um, Paul Cummings says, That's my Padawan. <laughs> Simon um, Litstead said, Hey, everyone. Sharon says, Hi. Danielle says hello, Isaac says hi all, Simon says great idea for a show, thank you. Um, So let's talk about, so you're manufacturing treadmills. Um, What got you interested in cybersecurity that you wanted to go pursue a degree?
1: So my dad actually was a Microsoft teacher for a couple of years, but he's always been in IT. And I've always been in electronics soldering and manufacturing and found out that uh, IT would be easier to switch to since my my parents or my dad's history and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, and I finally grasped into security when my parents got hit by a major credit card hack and that impacted us pretty bad that year Target hack back in 2012. Okay, um, but ever since then, I've been into cybersecurity. I've liked the idea of protecting and
2: securing environments. Okay, so let's um, let, let's talk about that hack. Um, so that hack was, if I if I remember the story correctly, a HVAC technician um, for Target had a a compromised machine that was then connected to the target network and it then was able to pivot to the card reading machines at the registers and be able to exfil all that information. Um, How how did that, how did that hack affect your family?
1: Um, Basically took a lot of money from us (laughs) and back then my, uh, It was only my dad working, and he was still kind of getting his feet in IT. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, that that impacted us pretty badly. Um, And ever since then, I've always wanted to protect against hacks like that.
2: Yeah, that definitely sounds like a great motivation. Um, So let's go back to your education. So you're doing your – bachelor's online um night school like how are you doing this while you're still in your manufacturing role
1: yeah that was uh that was a juggle uh so when i was still working in production i was working um 6 6 a.m to 2 p.m and taking classes at columbus state um in the afternoons evenings whatever i could plus online i was doing five classes per quarter i believe wow Yeah. Um, And then after that, I started doing Franklin, and there were some mandatory classes to be in person, but the rest of it was online. Um, So I basically, uh, my wife always jokes saying I I never slept.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it. I mean, that kind of sounds like my pace. I mean, I I did work, and then I did my bachelor's and my master's. Um, When I did go in person, I finished my associates in like a year and a half, um, which is supposed to be a two-year minimum. Um, (laughs) um, So what were some of your favorite classes um, that you did while you were in university?
1: Uh, Ethics of cybersecurity. I really liked that. I liked the compliance training that we went through, um, dealing with FISMA, HIPAA, HITRUST, everything like that. Um, I also really liked the virtualization classes. Um, and ever
2: since then, I've been in, into the cloud. Okay. So, what are some of the things that you did to take um, what you learned from school and, and practice that in real life?
1: Um, so, I actually started focusing on certifications and setting up cloud labs on AWS and
2: Azure. Okay. So you, you did them in both, or you focused on one at a time, or how did how what what was your going in approach?
1: So, um, towards my tail end in my bachelor's, I found out it's very hard to get into IT without certifications. So, I started focusing heavily on certifications um, to the point where I think I have sixteen in a year and a half.
2: Wow, that, that, that's, that's a lot of certifications. Which ones did you get?
1: Um, i trying to think how to break it down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I have AWS Solutions Architect Associate and Cloud Practitioner. Um, I have the AZ-104, which is Azure Administration, MS-500, mm-hmm. uh, MS-100, uh, MS the CEH, the CHFI, which is the Forensic Certification, SISA, mm-hmm. uh, CCNA, uh, it, the list just
2: basically keeps going down. Wow. And, and you did all of this while working your production job, doing your bachelor's, and doing certs.
1: So, my production, I quit my production job uh, right before I started my certification training.
2: Okay. So um, at least a little break, right? <laughs>
1: <yes>. <laughs> Just slightly, but yes.
2: So now, now let's talk about your journey um, from production. What was the next step from there?
1: Uh, so then I started working at a printing firm um, as a uh, desktop specialist technician. Okay. Um, kind of escalated version of help desk, but more of a assistant to sysadmin role. Um, I was there for about a year and finally moved on to uh, Veeam, Backup Replication
2: okay. company.
1: And I did that for about eight months. And at that point, I, started, I finished my bachelor's and I started collecting certifications. Um, and after that, I went to the Department of Defense, working as a, a network engineer. And while I was doing that, I finished my master's degree in 30 days and then finished more of my certifications.
2: Wait, in how many days?
1: Yeah. Yeah. 30.
2: How is that possible?
1: Uh, so nine courses. And it was uh, do at your own pace. Okay. And at that time, my wife worked in retail. And I did it around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. So she was slammed with a bunch of her retail work. So I basically did close to 17 hours a day.
2: Whoa. So you, you studied and tested out for all those uh, courses in 30 days? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I
1: started November 1st and ended December 1st.
2: Was this with uh, WGU? Okay, interesting. Wow, uh, talk about accelerated. So you, you were still at the DoD at that time as a network contractor, correct? Okay. Um, and what were you, what was your specialization for your masters? Uh, cybersecurity and information assurance. Okay. So what what was the transition from network over to um cybersecurity like?
1: Um. So I've always liked cybersecurity. Networking was kind of a good. Um, foot in the door. Um, it helped me get used to the requirements for confidentiality and integrity and availability. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically helped me wrap, uh, wrap my head around the foundations
2: before mm-hmm. I started going
1: in, going deeper into cybersecurity.
2: Absolutely. So you're, you're at the DoD as a contractor, um, like what's the next steps? Um,
1: and then, so after I finished my master's degree, I started looking into a cybersecurity role. Um, sadly, they didn't have anything there at that time. And luckily I was able to find my current employer. I reached out to my recruiter or a recruiter there. And ever since then, I've worked at Avanade as a uh, senior consultant for cloud security.
2: Well, you make it sound so easy. Um, Let's talk about that transition, because oftentimes we we have individuals that reach out and say that um, the switch between like networking and cybersecurity, they might have applied for 200 plus jobs. They might have gone on so many interviews like tell us about that process like um, I mean, you, you did. You've you kind of glanced over from production technician to desktop engineer to um, network operator. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm guessing all of those already took immense amount of work. But um, that transition over to security, describe that a little bit.
1: So yes, going from DOD to where I'm at now, I probably. I know it's going to sound really bad. I probably applied to. Close to 160 jobs. Okay. Um, and my wife and I were close to deciding if we wanted to go out of state. But she doesn't want to leave her family. I don't really mind, but it's my wife, so I got to keep her happy. <laughs> uh, but I also did close to 80 interviews in a four month span.
2: Okay, so it, it took you four months. Um, 160, 80 interviews. So you're, I must commend you, first of all, like your interview to application rate is really good. Um, at 50%, I would say most folks um, are happy to get 10%. Um, <laughs> so w- l- let's talk about your tactic. Like how did you approach applying to companies um, to then achieve that good of a callback rate?
1: So when I found a job position that I was interested in, I went and started looking up the company, Um, Glassdoor, LinkedIn, and I actually started networking with the company's recruiters instead of just applying and running through the ATS machine possibility. Mm -hmm. So I found out the recruiters are the best way to get into the interview process at least. Um, And then I also started, researching and deep diving into what the job would entail. Um, Cloud security, I started started digging more into Azure, AWS. I had a potential job for Palo Alto. So while I was in the interview process, I started taking Palo Alto certifications um, to the point where I was one of the first of a 100 to get the Palo Alto automation
2: certification wow yeah Uh, and this was before you got an interview yes so did do you think that increased your chances of getting an interview or did you get an interview after that
1: i did get an interview and uh the process just was taking too long yeah it's a very long process especially with covid it adds exceptions um it did help but also my lack of experience started uh getting the become the problem more than anything i didn't have any security experience
2: well let's take a a quick break and look at some of the comments um paul Cummings says jeff has been an example in our discord server of what determination can bring you definitely sounds like it um dane says hi all glad i was able to catch this And then Pierre Brown says, great story. Um, Well, well, let's talk about that. So you you said that you didn't have much uh, security experience, but you've been doing help desk. um, You've been doing network operations. Um, Did you highlight, say, some of the security things that you've been doing in those roles um, when you were interviewing?
1: So yes and no. So the major issues that I had was I had the certification. Mm And not the experience behind it. They started questioning why do I have a CEH but no security experience? Or why am I attempting for the CISSP without having the experience requirements?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, And did did you speak to, say, securing workstations in your roles or working on network segmentation or network, uh, control lists, And did you like mention that as part of some of the experience that, that you feel that you have in those areas?
1: I did the one, the major pitfalls that I had was when I got thrown into a simulation test where I actually had to start, uh, digging into a Linux machine. Okay. Which to be Frank, I know nothing about Linux. It's not my forte. PowerShell scripting is not my forte. And I know that it's supposed to be hand-to-hand with cybersecurity. Uh,
2: that, that's interesting that, that you got us automation cert, but you're not good in <laughs> scripting.
1: Yeah, it, it was more with uh, Cortex. Okay. And their, uh, their product. But okay. Yes, um, I tried to deep dive into whatever I can Mm-hmm. But scripting, I've just
2: never been able to grab. Like I, a... I I would say I feel seen because I'm one of the, the same things. <laughs> like I I could look at a, a JSON code and figure it out. But do you want me uh, doing infrastructure as code? Probably not. I could copy and paste it. Yep. Um...
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> okay. So um, so you're hitting these roadblocks, and um, let, let's keep going. So. What else did you do? Because I mean, like a 50% callback rate, that's really good. Um, so you shared some some great tips before where you're networking with recruiters, you're, you're digging into uh, the different technologies that they mentioned in the job descriptions, even getting certs in those areas. Uh, what else did you do?
1: Um, I also started branching out my network. Um, I connected with people like you, um, people that help uh, people transition into cybersecurity, I started joining more Discord channels. I also cleaned up my LinkedIn and started to be more active on there. Um, and that that helped the most. LinkedIn is a huge um, helper for jobs
2: in IT at least. Well, let's talk about that. What do you mean What you cleaned up your LinkedIn? What, what did you do to your LinkedIn profile and or uh, your feed or what did you do? Let's be tactical here.
1: So I started to add more details into my job description, started adding all my certifications, my education. I added the classes under my education so they kind of could see what I've taken. Mm-hmm. And then I've started to expand my network as well. Um, instead of, like, I used to be hesitant about sending random connection requests to people.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I've treated it like Facebook before. Even though I didn't treat it like Facebook, I just kind of avoided it. Yeah. And now I've noticed that, hey, I actually do have to network.
2: Um, and how how do you go about networking? Um, do you just send a connection request and that's it? Or what, what's the what's the follow-up after that?
1: Um, so it depends on who I'm sending it to. If it's a recruiter, I try to send a personalized note. Um, if it's just a random connecting person. Um, I send a request, but then after they accept, I send a thank you. Mm-hmm. And I try to kind of talk to them and see if they're, like, what they've been up to and what they recommend. Or if, if there's anything I can help with.
2: Okay, okay. Um, one of the questions from um, the audience is, what was your motivation for accomplishing everything in such a accelerated timeline?
1: Um, so my big motivation was my wife. I'm trying to provide a lifestyle that my wife and I can be comfortable with. Um, where I'm not a fan of pinching pennies or working till I'm dead, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So the the big problem right now is I have to try to balance work life balance. Um, she always yells at me for being on my phone looking at more certifications. <laughs>
2: six more this year, but I don't know. Wow, that's interesting. Um, So for the rounds of interviews of of that 50% rate, let's talk about, um, did you go through rounds two, three, four? Like, Give give us more details about that, um, which is a question from uh, China Haley. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, So most companies did about two or three interviews. Um, There were two companies that I did five or six rounds. And I'm talking about like an hour piece. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were some of them were pretty detailed and then some of them were more culture fit interviews.
2: And w- were you working at this time? Yes. Whoa. Okay, so that becomes interesting. Um so were everything. you were you getting far in these interviews and then hitting roadblocks or what what was what do you feel was happening? Um what companies that you're getting this far in.
1: Um, so one of the major issues was the COVID caused major delays and impacts for hiring. because um, so I started towards, the started looking towards the beginning of 2021. So everybody was still dealing with that. Everybody was still trying to deal with finances with it. So I think that was my major issue, mm-hmm. but then also the process was just taking so long. Like the, I think there's still companies I applied to and still haven't heard anything back from. It's still in process.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's a common thing where um, many say that they'll they'll never hear back and whether find out like they liked you or not or whatever you get you get lost in this quote unquote black hole. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely understand you there. Um, Pierre says if you look for the word commitment and dedication in the dictionary, you'll see a picture of Jeff in it. That sounds about right. Um, So let's talk about, um, so you're getting to the end. Some of these companies are taking really long. Um, What made you choose some of these companies? Because I know, I'm guessing you chose regular companies um, and then your current employer is a consulting company. So what made you choose between either or, or were you going for all consulting companies? What was your strategy in your hunt?
1: So I was looking for major technology, uh, companies near me at least. And a lot of them kept saying, no, not yet. You need a couple more months experience. And then I, uh, kind of branched out and reached out to recruiter because I saw that they're, uh, um, they're owned by Microsoft. So that kind of helps. And I talked to the recruiter and I really liked that there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of extra uh, benefits or perks to the job such as certifications and time to train education stuff like that. That that's really important to me. I like that companies are willing to see that um, employer employees actually need that benefit.
2: Yeah, I think I think that that um, the way companies view that really differs between if you're an employee or if you're a product, right? Um, When you look at the consulting space, um, you're essentially their product. So to advertise to a potential customer that you have someone that um, is experienced in everything from Palo Alto, um, Azure, AWS, that you could come in and kind of tackle a little bit of everything, um that's a huge value add for them whereas i think another company that um doesn't have aws spending the money on an aws cert for you uh might not be value add for them um so i think that all really depends on on the company and their approach but uh definitely um does vary um one of the questions was what was your negotiation process like uh
1: so to be honest i'm terrible with that um <laughs> I don't know when I should negotiate and when I shouldn't. Okay. Which has hen- ended to me uh with me being lowballed for some jobs. Mm-hmm. Not meeting my uh my qualifications. But my biggest uh requirement is further education or training and like I've always asked at the end of at the end of an interview what can i do to look into or learn while i'm waiting for the process Mm -hmm. and based on their answers it kind of helps me understand what the company really is and what they're looking for
2: interesting that's a great approach um so when you mentioned you're a terrible negotiator. Did you do things like research what someone in this position should make, um, look at things like Glassdoor and other tools that might show potential salaries?
1: So I did use Glassdoor, and I also used uh, – I think there's something on LinkedIn, isn't there? To get like Sometimes. average. Yeah. Um, but I've also been able to compare based on my uh, education. Mm -hmm. and my certifications, I'm able to use Glassdoor and uh, Indeed to kind of see what the uh, price range would be around or salary range would be. Um, It's a lot of researching, a lot of looking and a lot of networking
2: as well. Absolutely. Um, And do you use that as a going in um, point? Or what do you use as you're going in point, or do you wait for the employer to tell you?
1: Um, so usually my wife and I have a magic number that we have and kind of waiting for the employer to get around that or dance around that number. And that kind of helps, but I usually don't bring up salary until close to the second interview. Um, but I do kind of ask the range just to make sure we're not wasting my time or their time.
2: Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that I do yeah that, that's that's definitely one approach. Um, I know some people ask that that number up front so that you, you don't waste that one hour or that two hours of that first interview. Um, but definitely doing the first interview at least gets you interested to see if you're really interested in the company. And would you go below that magic number if it was a really interesting company?
1: I would. And it all depends on the extra benefits like further education, training, um, room to grow, there's always a way to compensate for salary. And some companies can do it extra vacation, work-life balance.
2: Absolutely, looking at like the total comp or the total picture when you include everything else um, versus just looking at the the baseline salary. I mean, normally this is where in the show I ask people about what they do to keep up and what you're doing to to stay ahead of the technology, but um, I I don't think you have any problems there. Um, Ryan asks, this is um, great for general cybersecurity roles. I'd love to see um, one of these done for penetration testing. Um, Well, happy to have someone that broke into penetration testing come on anytime um, and share their story. So... Um, One question is, how do you maintain the certs so that they don't expire?
1: So I've actually not ran into that yet. Um, Okay. The first CompTIA certifications do expire soon, I think next year. Because I started my certification track in
2: 2020.
1: Okay. I got my first certification in January
2: 2020. Yeah, so start to think about like your CPEs as well as all your yearly maintenance fees for all those certifications. Um, yeah. Definitely interested. Uh, Dane says, given the level of difficulty breaking into the field, do you think there's an abundance of positions for cybersecurity or just a myth?
1: So I do think there's plenty of uh, positions, but they're looking for unicorns. Yes, so you kind of have to stand out some, somehow um like my master's degree that came up in all three of my interviews with my current employer so you gotta time. how else did you stand
2: out I- i'm guessing the number of certs that you have also made you stand out
1: Certs, yeah my willingness to um talk about my experience and client uh, interaction um i'm also willing to learn as well like i know i'm not perfect yeah. There's always room to improve.
2: Absolutely. Um, would a penetration tester be a good role to enter into cybersecurity after completing a master's and having five years in Accenture as a software tester? Well, I would say the definition of a penetration tester is being able to understand um, confidentiality, integrity, and availability of any particular system and being able to manipulate that. So technically, as a software tester, if you know how to manipulate those variables within a software, you've been doing it. Um, So if you've been testing software for its vulnerabilities, um, you've technically been penetration testing just for um, that particular domain versus every other domain. So um, I'd give yourself some credit there, um, Mashi. but Jeff, we, we approach uh, the end of the half hour. Um, this has been a very interesting conversation. Um, if you had to sum up everything that you've gone through um, into one piece of Sage advice uh, for those who are looking to follow in your footsteps, what would that be?
1: Find something to motivate you. Like I said, I found my wife and that is a huge motivation
2: wow yeah definitely um family can definitely be a big motivator i know um as a sole provider i'm the same same way um everything is about providing for my family um well everyone thank you for joining us live here on linkedin and youtube uh don't forget to subscribe on youtube click the notification uh, bell so that you can get notifications next time we come live and then you can also find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to share with your friends and have a great rest of your Friday. Thank you, everyone.